Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. Yes, we were back with you this afternoon for the first time in nearly a couple of weeks. And it was a busy show. We had some great guests. Andy Hamilton, the comedian and writer, uh, was with us and was on good form telling us about his uh, new tour and his bucket. Yes, another Andy. Andy Smart. Yeah, he was celebrating. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we've given him enough stick over the years for his uh, his Farnborough supporting and the issues around it, but he deserved a chance to gloat today. You'll discover why. Ellis Cross... Um, will be uh, probably a footnote in the career of uh, Mo Farah uh, because he beat him yesterday in a big race. It's quite a story. You'll hear from uh, him. And who else Football manager. Oh, yes. Amazing, yeah, very that. interesting story from the world of the football manager game. A quite amazing one. And we spoke to the author of Football Manager Stole My Life. We had a bit of a chat. You got involved. It was Ralph Ranick based, amongst other things. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I was thinking about you the other day with Spurs winning and Arsenal winning and Chelsea losing. Not much of a super Sunday for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been making life hard for ourselves the last couple of weeks, so it's it's up for grabs now, as the great Brian Moore said. It's all very interesting. It absolutely is. I mean, Chelsea need to win two out of their last four games. Yeah. On the face of it, they should be I mean, not in respect, that form. Did you see Wolves the other day? Oh, no, they're on the I mean, beach, but they've I mean, lost four was, in a row. It but... was a shocker. I mean, I mean, when it's Bruno and get a reaction, I think I think you'll get the three points. No, you everybody need. gets a reaction. Everybody gets themselves. I mean, look at Everton. They haven't played like that against anybody else. Jordan Pickford turning to Gordon Banks. No, he's, look, he's oh. always been capable of that. I mean, I know, but you know, could you all... admire the save, Andy, with oh, a little bit of distance? I admire the <laughs> I admire the way that Everton went about the whole thing. I yeah. thought that they, you know, they. They were a bit lucky, you know, but you needed that. Fans luck. played their part. They are they're they good did. at that. When their backs are against the walls at Club Everton, yeah, but that's when we always ago, we... play them. We always had like yeah. Duncan Ferguson's first game. Or <laughs> it's four years in a row at Everton. We've taken one point off one of the worst Everton teams in history. Wow, I mean, it's incredible. But they're still up there. They're still it's still in their own hands, Chelsea. But I mean, they're not in two out of four form. They're in one out of four form. So yeah, it's it's all get... very strange. Club but still then, hasn't. But solved. then if Spurs lose to Liverpool, yeah. And and Arsenal, then they only need one point, Chelsea. They only need a draw from the yeah. last four. So games. you'll be rooting for those results, will you? <laughs> Self interest is in a way, in. but I mean, it's it's quite interesting because I think the Spurs yeah. Liverpool game that's a tough game for Liverpool because yeah. of the way they play and the way Spurs can beat a high line that could be quite an interesting game of course the the attacking side of it might be difficult for Spurs to contain but I think you know they can get a point we don't I'm I'm loath to say this but we don't concede a lot of goals Um, no but we haven't gone to Anfield yet so that may change but we shall see we'll see what happens and and Arsenal got you know they've got Leeds this week I think Newcastle's their only tricky game Newcastle away because is, I still yeah, think that is quite a tricky game. They are still looking a little bit sketchy at the back, Arsenal, and I think Newcastle might get a result. But that's the one I'm looking. Mm. I'm not looking at any other results. I expect them a win. 
all their other matches. But you're going to have to beat them next week, which is, you yeah, know, that could well, be tricky. Be heck of a game, yeah, that. Honestly, yeah, I mean, the last, since I've been off Chelsea, why don't you just give a few more Charity FC, I'm calling it. <laughs> every game they give a goal away in a way that other teams, don't, like almost like Watford or like Norwich or yeah. something, like really... Really poor defending. Since you know. I last saw you, Andy, uh, Ralph Rangnick's got uh, his man with two jobs, isn't he? He's going to be a consultant at Manchester United yeah. well, uh, and the, the Austria manager. And it does feel like it's a, it's an addition, isn't it? So everybody keeps saying, mm. oh, well, he's going to be involved in Manchester United and he'll be the manager of Austria, like it's a second <laughs> thought. So just thinking, if you're out there today, maybe you're the assistant he, manager. He won't be. I don't think he'll be involved in the United. I think, you think it, he's going to be involved in recruitment. In, yeah. So I, I mean, expect him to buy quite a lot of was, Austrian it internationals. Strange, it was a strange game last night. I watched the game because obviously I wanted <clears> Brentford to do well. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, in the end, 1-0, one, one, nil, nil, nil. they had chances, Brentford, but... You know, in the end, it was a fair result. It was the Christian and Cristiano show, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, Christian. Even in that, perf- even in that oh, performance by Brentford, which wasn't that going to was put for Ivan Tony was unbelievable. Yeah. He should have scored. But I mean, then you look at Chelsea against United. Five-one would have been a fair reflection of that game. Chelsea mm. completely dominated, created chance after chance, but they didn't take it. Mm. So, if you That's are the it. assistant manager of your local Poundland, uh, and all you've got to do is add. And the manager of mm. Austria. So it's just a little addition. If you want to, whatever you do, just send them in to us this afternoon, who you are, what you do for a living, and the manager of Austria. You'll be surprised. It might make you feel fantastic. Uh, the other thing is initiations. Our I present this show three days a week, and I'm the manager of yeah, Austria. And I'm the manager of Austria. So you just sling that and they go, That's oh, pretty... really? But they're more interested in the three days a week you do. Can I also, just mm. finally on last night's game, yeah. congratulate mm. the few diehard traditionists in the crowd that applauded the attention. Figures. It's always good, isn't it? It's not, I've noticed says, people don't do it anymore, but there was just a little pocket of them. So I don't think enough. I don't think we do it anymore at Spurs. I don't think they announce it. Yeah, well, I think they've given up announcing because people don't don't applaud anymore. Yeah, it's a shame, Pointless. isn't it? It's always nice to some forty two thousand three hundred and seventy three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the I'm point? I'm one of those people. I never quite understood that. No, I never understood it at all. Now Lee Burcham, right? Lee mm. Burcham. He's a manager of Leighton Town. Now normally mm. managers don't do initiations he's fairly new to the club mm. but he felt he should do an initiation and not only did he sing sing yeah he danced as well <laughs> i mean it looks suspiciously like uh, a route a routine to me but he's he's claiming that it wasn't but it, it would be great if new managers had to get in front of the team wouldn't it there's somebody like roy hodgson doing milkshake or something like that you know they feel that all the managers would do it but yeah, it, it does good, seem very really. unlikely mm. But I think we've mentioned before that in real life there is no I think it's because it's you know the setup in a football club this sort of brotherhood and if you want to join that yeah. then you have you to don't do have that something. In any other work, work well, I wouldn't of think life, so I mean if, you, if, if you're a chartered accountant you move chartered <laughs> accountants the first morning they say this is Chris this is this is Brenda this is Jake uh, yeah, go on then do your thing start clapping get on the table so maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe they do. Let us know yeah. uh, this afternoon. Oh, yeah, Talksport.com yeah. forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Uh, tweet to TS H and J. Maybe we'll become the manager mm. of Austria. You have to do that. We'll uh, we'll find out. And, and also, Andy, I want to get I want to find mm. out about emergency goalkeepers this afternoon because uh, are you aware of the fact last night that um, Luton uh, had effectively had an emergency keeper and he coming from uh, loan from uh, Hull? Yeah, um, I saw they, they got Ingram. permission to use him, but yeah. they, but obviously. 
that affects the defence. So a strange result, really. I mean, you expect Fulham to win, but yeah. not, not by that. And it's minute. made life a bit more awkward, isn't it, with loot and goal difference-wise, mm. as they're looking to stay in the playoff positions. But So spare a thought for uh, Matt Ingram, coming in for his first game on loan and having seven put past him. So mm. I've mentioned before, I had to be emergency keeper once for a team I played for, and we just happened to be playing the best team in the league, which was full of my schoolmates. About eight of the 11 of their team I all went to school with, mm. and uh, they gave us a right coach. I think it was about 8-0. Um, yeah. So if it's not a great position to be in the emergency keeper. So if you've come from outfield or been called up last minute, um, ideally it'll be tales of it all going disastrously wrong, I would think. So let us know, talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089, tweet TSH&J. Paul in Stockport is a metre reader and the Austrian manager. Well, <laughs> well done, done to him. him. Yeah. And uh, Alex is the sales manager of Lynx Golf and the manager of Austria. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a bit of an I can see you combining and both. How he combines both is fantastic. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Villarreal versus Liverpool. Uh, Jim Brownfoot and Andy Townsend. Uh, the you know it's it's no longer the El Madrigal. We'll talk about this with uh, yeah. with Terry Gibson and with Jim. It's the Ceramic Stadium. Oh, is it? Yeah. Did you know that? Well, as a football connoisseur, I did actually. It's the stadium of the ceramics. And they should do well at the Ceramica. They should do do well at the Ceramica. That's right. So anyway, I think El Madrigal does sound like it's got a bit of. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds it sounds better, but anyway, that's the that's all the other one. The Vincenti Calderon, for example. That's that's the local the industry. Wonder. It's always nice if you're one of these kind of football things to kind of sling those. Well, what a night it's going to be at the Ceramica. It'll be it'll be <laughs> sling a few of those in on the bus. <laughs> um, yeah, Dave Willis is a master decorator specialising in period homes 
and he's the manager of Austria, so that's his little <laughs> sideline he does, much like uh, Ralph Rangnick. That's right, full-time courier and Liverpool supporter, Mike from Pudsey. He's also the manager <laughs> I don't know, of, he finds of, time. Uh, of Austria. He fits it in somehow. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I deal with the security at the Van Gogh Experience in Bristol, says Marcus, and I'm also the... Uh, well, I think you know what he does on the side already. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yesterday, um, uh, Farnborough took on Hazen Yedding uh, in a big playoff final to uh, go to the heady heights of the Conference South. Um, Andy Smart, for many years, mm. ball runner, comedy store player and Farnborough fan, has joined us on Long the show. Long-suffering, I would have said. And it's normally been after a 6-1 defeat in the Cup and they've lost a cracker toe or something terrible's <laughs> happened to them. <laughs> So, they had a bit of glory yesterday and yeah. Andy was there to witness it and also commentated on it. They were 1-0 down in this game with Farnborough um, and in the 86th minute, uh, they got the winning goal having fought back into the game. This is uh, how it all unfolded. Andy Smart on commentary duty. Now Sam Deering's joined the party, comes in the middle. Yeah, if he can find the right pass, which he has to Paul Hodges, now he's got Frankie... Sam Deering's in! Can he find a goal, Sam Deering? Goal! Goal! Yes! Goal! Yes! Dearing! Goal! Come! Collective! He finds the bottom corner! And the crowd are going ballistic! And it's a goal! It's a goal, goal, goal! What a great through ball! Sam started that run from the edge of the halfway line and he's run a good 40 yards there through the defence. Some idiot's thrown a flare on the pitch again. We don't care about flares! 2-1! <laughs> Don't throw flares. <laughs> well, you do care about flares. So you do clearly. care about it. Yeah, it's like a South American commentary, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. Well, maybe not the accent. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, so there we are. That's what the uh, Southern League Premier Division South playoff <laughs> finals do to a man. <laughs> don't anyway. The, don't forget the Hampshire Cup. That's right. It's the the double. Se- it was the double. Oh, the yeah. sensible head there was uh, our good friend <laughs> Andy Smart. Good afternoon, yeah. Andy. You were looking. It's such a good thing that you don't have VAR in those, in those <laughs> leagues. And imagine him. Oh, no, he's offside. He's offside. Don't throw flares. <laughs> that, that, the other guy was uh, is Chris Payne. He's a lovely man, and mm. uh, he gets very excited when we score. <laughs> but to be fair to him, he gets very excited when the other teams score. We were, when we played down at Taunton, he was doing the commentary. And uh, when Taunton scored, he went, go, 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 go. And the, the, the Taunton photographer turned around and went, He's very fair, isn't he? It's <laughs> <laughs> unfair. You don't want that. <laughs> no, you do. You want some. You want. You, you, we're trying. We try not to, uh, you know, be be biased to, towards Barbara when we're doing. The, we've been doing the commentary for most of this season, and, and Chris is a lovely man to work with. He's, uh, he gets very excited. Where does it go out though? <laughs> Where, where does it go out on? Farnborough. Is it like Farnborough? Farnborough FC Radio, yeah. Farnborough FC Radio. Yeah. Well, you wanted to, bi- to be biased, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd, I think I'd want a biased commentary. I, so. I don't think no, they'll no, no, no. put that on the Hayes and Yedding <laughs> website, will they? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a strange game because uh, Hayes and Yedding and uh, Farnborough were at the top all the way through and, mm. and were watch, watching each other like hawks. And, and instead of watching Taunton, who put together an amazing run and, and, and they went up straight... 
straight away. And so it, le- it was left to us to play the playoff final. And it was uh, it was a tense affair, as you can imagine, because it's it's such a big thing for us to get back into the conference mm. south. It's where we well, really belong. So are you now two divisions off League Two? Is that right? That's right. Well, yeah, yeah, we're only six divisions off, off the Premiership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the Todd Bowley bit doesn't go through. They might as well buy Farnborough. Yeah, they might do, yeah. They <laughs> Better value. So <laughs> this is the best moment for you as a Farnborough fan since when, would you say, Andy? I say since oh my goodness, I say since about the uh, the Arsenal game back in two thousand. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Yeah, it's great to be going back to you know Dulwich Hamlet and Bath next season, Hampton and Richmond, St Albans, Chelmsford, Weymouth. Although uh, Taunton going up and Dover coming down doesn't mean that those two have got to play each other next season. So that's going to be a bit of, bit of a pain for the Taunton and the Dover fans. But that's a long way in there. Yeah. Mm. So uh, is that is that going to help you travelling wise going into this league, Andy? Is it all yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's yeah, a lot less travelling. Mm. We won't have to go to Merthyr Tidville again, thank oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's Johnny Owen's well, that, team. Isn't that's that's well, yeah, having, yeah. that is having, Johnny's having, team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having said that, they do, they had the best food. They used they do like a half a loaf with curry and chips in it. Oh, it's wow. amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to miss out on all that. It's, gonna be, it's, it's all prawn sandwiches in the Conference South, isn't it? It's all different. <laughs> Kedgery and stuff like that. It's all very different. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to see see what delights they've got. You've often popped onto our show and had a bit of a pop at the owner-come-manager, Spencer. Um, Yeah, Spencer Day, yeah. I saw you being very nice to Spencer Day yesterday online. Well done to Spencer. It's like it... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We all do that, don't we? He actually said said hello to me this season for the first time in 10 years. (laughs) So so I've got to be nice back. So, yeah, no, he's, he's... He's done a fantastic job, and uh, we've had Ricky Holmes, who, who was playing for us, um, but uh, sadly got injured. He had a, a knee a ligament go, mm. and he's been helping with the coaching, and I think that's really helped. And uh, I think if he just if he just stayed fit, we'd have probably won the league. But um, anyway, we're up now, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, they've you got your the, season yeah. ticket prices up. What happens, sort of practically? Oh, I, I dread to think how much it's going to be. It'd probably go up to about 180 quid next. <laughs> oh, no, it's <laughs> disgusting, isn't it? What a waste of money. On top you are, else. you are the face, the public face of Farnborough. Do you get a bit of stick from the fans? Like, I mean, Chelsea fans hate me, you know, because he pub- anybody speaks publicly about the club. Do you get any of that? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a little group. It's, uh, Andy Bufton often, as I walk past, he goes, oh, there's a funny man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he means it. Maybe he actually means it. I don't think he does. <laughs> That's brilliant. But, no, but they're, no, they're all very nice to me down there, especially uh, especially John, John who does the parking, and, and Paul Pullen who does the who um, looks after the pitch with Kevin. They're all no, they're all they're all very nice to me down there. It's got John who does the parking. If you're when you're in the Premier League, you won't be able to talk about yeah. John who does the parking. They have, have a whole parking department all about two hundred grand a year, won't you? Be amazing. So, Andy, what's well, this? Is fantastic news uh, for you. Yeah, so, um, it is. Yeah, and what else are you up to at the moment? Have you got any other? madcap sports that you're attempting or about to or well there's the cheese rolling at the end of the month and right. hopefully it'll be back on this year because i went last year and it wasn't <laughs> on so i just did i just <laughs> did at the top of the, the the hill just looking down going now and I, I took a mate there as well and i was going 
Right, so what happens is, yes, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't really imagine it, really, without. I the thought people. they couldn't get insurance for this anymore. No, I don't think they like, can. There's a kind of offshoot, a sort of guerrilla movement who, uh, who do is, it, yeah. who shouldn't do it, but do it. Then they turn. Yeah, up. I mean the the police, the police sort of put a, 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 part, uh, a sort of cordon around it, around yeah. the hill, to stop people getting in. But people still obviously go up there because it's uh, it's been going for eight hundred years. I don't think yeah. they're going to stop it now. No. So and, and the comedy store, you're still every yeah, Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when they've got Glastonbury coming up and uh, a few trips, we're doing a, we're doing a cruise for the Radio Times. A, a cruise the for the Radio Times. Around <laughs> oh, yes. the round the not? Baltic. Yeah, not yeah, around yeah. the Horn, surely. If you <laughs> no. <for> the Radio <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, but, yeah that no. would be. You must be doing some jokes about being around the Baltic <laughs> in the Great Roy Hub tradition. I'm sure we will. We'll, yeah. get a few, we'll crowbar a few of those in, yeah. Well, congratulations, Andy. We'll see you in the Conference South. I'm sure Andy fancies a little road trip to yes, St. Albans. To well, we'll, we'll, I'll take you down to Hampton and Richmond. They've got a lovely, yeah, got a lovely that's not bar far, there. In the, yeah, the comedy, can do that. comedy links, Hampton and Richmond, of course. Yeah. The late, great um, uh, Alan Simpson Alan was Simpson, a director. Of yeah, well, yeah, and Paul Merton used to go down there with mm. him and sit in the stand and watch. Yeah, now it's, and they've got a lovely bar in the corner of the ground. Okay, well, mm, I'll, I'll definitely take in a game with you next year. Yeah, definitely. And I can yeah. be the one who says, oh, there's a funny man. I can... <laughs> <laughs> like a Nicky's catchphrase, that bloke. Anyway, cheers, Andy. All the best. Well done. Cheers, mate. Cheers. There we are. Andy Smart, comedy store player, yeah, farmer fan. And uh, congratulations. Uh, commiserations to Hazen Yedding. Well, of course. There were some not particularly nice scenes after the flare incident that I, I think mm, Farnborough, some, of the, that, really. some of the Farnborough yeah. fans may potentially have let themselves down. But anyway, mm. um, they got the result and they're, they're back in the big time. Torquay were in that league until fairly recently. Yeah, right. So yeah, that, yeah, that's right. He yeah. calls it the lowest ever point in their history, <laughs> our producer. But anyway, uh, things are looking up for Farnborough. Um, we're going to talk football manager very shortly. And somebody who played the game for 416 years and 134 days. Incredible. He's got into uh, the Guinness Book of Records. That's oh, well quite amazing, isn't it? Mm. Emergency keepers, we mentioned. Uh, spare a thought for uh, Matt Ingram, who went from Hull on loan to Luton mm. and let in seven last night. Really not not. He's fought. They were rampant, were Fulham. But Chris the Wall fan said, uh, my Sunday league team, the Tay Old Fellas here in Colchester in Essex, I usually play left back, but took one for the team against the best side in the league and uh, who were steamrolling every team. I saved a penalty at 0-0, but unfortunately we ended up losing 17-0. Oh dear. Uh, Chris says, I no longer volunteer. So if you've been called upon, press ganged into being the emergency keeper, let us know. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on talk sport uh, you're telling us what else you do apart from being the manager of Austria because Ralph Ranić uh, of course is a consultant at Manchester United and he's the manager of Austria I know the guys in breakfast yeah. saying you know trying to work out doing two jobs all at once of that magnitude but uh, you've been telling us um, what you get up to um, uh, Paul from Glasgow says uh, I'm an unemployed actor part-time stand-up comedian and I'm the manager of Austria so <laughs> uh, telling time. us more Incredible. of that I'm a professional snooker referee says Glenn from Essex <laughs> really? and you know also I keep an eye on football matters for Austria um, so you can keep those coming as Does well he wear the white gloves in the dugout he might I'd, I'd be good it'd be a good look wouldn't it yeah <laughs> To uh, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Uh, we turn our attention to Football Manager, and uh, the game has entered the Guinness uh, World Records book mm. through an amazing game that took 416 years uh, to play. The person who played it uh, had 260 in-game days off. Well, everyone needs a holiday. 
Obviously. Um, it's quite amazing, isn't it? 416 years, 134 days. Uh, joining us to chat about that now is the author of Football Manager Stole My Life. That's uh, author Ian McIntosh. Good afternoon, Ian. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Now, you. You love this game. You play this game and you know this game, but could you contemplate putting in the sort of hours that, that uh, this guy did? Yeah, I think Pavel's obviously got a far more understanding partner than me. I, I, <laughs> I think I'd have a lot more time for Football Manager if I'd uh, put in that many hours. But it's an incredible feat, an incredible um, dedication to it. Um, I, I'm not sure I could match that. He, he played on Football Manager mm. 2018, uh, managed teams from the 4th of January 2018 until the 18th of May 2434. Uh, wow. Um, you know, the game, uh, the game changed quite a lot in that period, from what we understand as well. And quite a lot of sides um, fell by the wayside, not necessarily ones you'd expect. Yeah, I see that he's uh, he's been posting league tables up on Twitter, and uh, there's a notable absentee in the Premier League by the time he reaches the end of his run because Liverpool have vanished. Though I gather James <laughs> Milner is still playing for. Yeah, yeah of um, course he, he is. Yeah, just signed a new contract. <laughs> Who have they been replaced by? Kingstonian. Wow. Who saw that happening? Wow, yeah. um, so it, it does show you the extraordinary things that happen in this game, but it's it, it's all the more extraordinary when you consider how complicated it is these days. When when I started playing, it was the very first one, and you know you could still put Yam Mulby and John Barnes in your team, and now it is you're talking earlier about having two jobs at once. Really putting the hours in on this is, is like having a second job. I, I literally play it for a living and I'm writing about it on The Athletic, managing Newcastle. Hmm. I've been doing it six months. I'm only three seasons in. So <laughs> did, did he say why he did this? Was just was it just for the sake of it? He, he didn't. I mean, I presume it's some sort of cry for help, but he is also <laughs> a qualified, um, he's a qualified C-level coach. Hmm. So maybe it sort of started off as a kind of revision and then rapidly grew out of all control and perspective because if you play this game for any more than sort of 10 or 12 seasons, which again is, is going to be literally hundreds of hours of your time, you end up with this weird abstract universe in which very few of the players are real players. They have these new generation players that the computer chucks in to replace all the ones retiring. So by the time you get to where he is, even the youngest player in the original incarnation of the game will have died some 400 years previously. It's great he's still being played by people and not machines or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, Miles and the guys couldn't have worked in that the game is played by droids. In, <laughs> but it's good, it's good to know that the game lives on in 2434. It's, you know, uh, 20, yes, it would be good. It is because, you know, it creates a sort of safe space for those of us, you know, I, th I think the three of us have put in quite a few years watching the game in real life and every now and then you get worried that the powers that be won't be satisfied until football is just Liverpool versus Manchester United and a floodlit warehouse in Dubai again and again and again. Um, but it's it's nice to have this little zone where football sort of continues and something approaching what we, uh, what, what, what we know it as today. I'd also like to know whether there's like a Beckham. Are there still one of the names that, you know, in the kind of the great sort of the oh, legacy yeah, yeah, players? Is, yeah. There's still somebody, a Crouch or someone like that, managing or playing. <laughs> some one of these. Great, 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 great grandsons. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to do a lot more greats than that, I would imagine. <laughs> but it'd be nice to know some of those names live on in the game. Maybe we'll have to ask Pavel one day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I suspect the DNA runs strong in the mm. uh, in the Beckham family. You know, the, the looks are coming through, so surely that right foot's there as well. 
Uh, great news for Villa, they're champions, but <clears throat> champions of the National League. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Rupert Bell won't be happy. Won't be what happy. went wrong for Villa? I don't know if it was the, <laughs> the Stephen Gerrard years that set them on the road to ruin. I don't know. <laughs> well, it does show you, you know, all empires rise and fall. Um, you look at some of the teams down there at, at the moment. I mean, I can only cite my own Southend United, uh, who mm. uh, were not too far away from breaking into the promised land in the early yeah. 90s. Yeah, they're on their way back now. They seem to be on their way back, don't they, from from, uh, what we understand. You seem to be a nice little setup you've got there now. Yeah, it's all all looking reassuringly sensible. We're Mm. not used to that at Southend fans. So, um, I mean, Pavel, you said he's a he's a level C coach. You do wonder if he if he'd spend a little bit less time playing this and doing his badges, he'd, he'd probably have a pro license now, wouldn't he? He'd actually be managing sure, a real a director team. of football. Would be yeah, better job, wouldn't it? For him? Yeah, I mean, with all that knowledge and all that future knowledge that he can bring uh, to the table, yeah. Well, look, okay, you can play three at the back, but we tried that and two hundred and sixty <laughs> years ago, and it didn't work then. It's not going to work now. <laughs> I mean, I can think of a few Premier League clubs that could make worse decisions and, yeah. and indeed have made worse decisions. <laughs> can you, given can you just, job. can you play this game going backwards? I mean, could you play the, like, the 1916 <clears throat> season and all that? The 1916 season? Well, you know, like Billy Meredith and Alf Common and all those. Well, like a vintage version yeah. of Football Manager. Well, they do things like that in FIFA, don't they? You can, you can have kind of classic legends. Yeah. The idea of Football Manager legends, is that, does that happen, Ian? I don't know. Well, officially no, because of all sorts of licensing issues. Yeah. But there is a chap on Twitter who dubs himself the Mad Scientist, and every year he sits for about six months with a new game, and he makes his own database. So his new one is 1992-1993. Oh. Um, and the year before, it's 2001-2002. They're always wonderful, because you, you pile in there and you find sort of 13-year-old Michael Owen and 15-year-old Jamie Carragher and players like that. Mm. Uh, you can you can scurry around and, and buy it, and, and you, you can find them quite easily as well. So that's a mad scientist if you're interested in that sort of thing. Fantastic. And you can't see the funny. He says he's going to carry on. He's going to get up to 500 years, no problem. He said he's <laughs> he's still committed to the game. So can you see this ever being broken by anybody else? Uh, again, it's going to be someone with a very understanding partner and yeah. presumably a very understanding boss. It's a lot of investment to put down. But, you know, if you're going to take a record, <clears> you may as well put yourself in a position where just the, the sheer magnitude of it puts everyone else off from competing. Good to talk to you, Ian. Good Thanks stuff. very much. And you. Cheers, guys. Ian McIntosh there, author of Football Manager Stole My Life. Well done to uh, Pavel Sosinski, who did uh, clock up 416 years and 134 days. Congratulations to the Premier League winners, Kingstonian in 2498. Villa, as we said, champions of the National League. And Liverpool in the championship with Torquay. Well, that was good for Johnny. How did that happen? A mighty fall. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, a couple of the listeners, because uh, Ralph Ranjit probably know, will combine the two roles. He has two roles. He'll be a consultant for Manchester United, I think, nominally in charge of recruitment. Mm. And he'll be the manager of Austria, something of an afterthought. Um, Simon, sorry, not Simon, Simo. He said, I'm in Barnsley. I work at the zoo. I look after the ostriches. And I'm also the manager uh, of Austria, (laughs) which is pretty good. Uh, I'm a retired IT consultant. 
Martin. Does he bury Mikey. his head in the sand if they lose? <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> yeah. Part-time OU student, president of the Southern Chapter of the Widow's Sons Masonic Bikers, and I'm also the manager of Austria. Uh, also get in touch. Tony Schumacher's been in touch. He said, I'm the writer of the BBC's The Responder, starring the one and only Martin Freeman. And uh, he obviously doubles up doing that while being the national <laughs> team really manager him? of Austria. It is Tony, well, by the sound of it. Well. Yes, um, with a name like that, quite Germanic. Yeah. They would they would take him on as the Austria manager. Um, so keep those coming, your dual roles. I'm Chris Riccobono, and I'm also the Austrian <laughs> national team manager. Well, I hope you tuck your shirt in, Chris, <laughs> for the photos with the squad. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, are you ready to play? I'm Paddy? ready, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Here we go, then. Clue number one. Mm. This Premier League footballer originally wanted to be a goalkeeper, but was convinced to become a defender. That's that's tough, isn't it? Is it Connor Cody? It isn't Connor Cody. Have you have you heard that about him? That he, no, I he just, was felt, a keeper? I just I thought I'd heard something like that, but never mind. Okay, it Next. isn't Connor Cody, but it's a good guess, Andy. Okay, he is a World Cup goal scorer. He scored three for his country at the tournament in 2018. All headers. Is it Harry Maguire? It isn't Harry Maguire. Ooh. But a good guess. A good guess. Oh, the listeners getting on. So, yeah, originally a keeper convinced to become a defender. Scored three goals in the World Cup 2018. All headers. His nickname, Andy, mm. is The Gold Mine. His nickname, the Gold really? Mine. Yeah, this is. Uh, we're down to thirty quid now. If you get this right, I mean, it's the not gold easy. Mine. The Gold Mine. Yeah, I've never heard a player called the Gold Mine. No, no, <laughs> ever. <That's laughs> right. That can't be his nickname. Otherwise, we would have heard of it. The Gold Mine. They're making it up, aren't they? It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's turning. Be, he's turning. That's a ridiculous <laughs> clue. There's nobody on earth called the gold mine. Well, yes, there is. This bloke. No, he isn't. <laughs> Rubbish. It's nonsense. We'll put a call into him later. No, and no oh, is that the gold mine? And I've see no what idea. he says. I've given up now. That's rubbish. Okay, I'm, go and have a guess. The gold mine. Um, anybody called gold or anything? No. Uh, David Gold. David I don't think he scored three headers at the World Cup. No. No. Fender. Probably. Is he foreign? I don't know. Uh, is he? I can't think who scored three headed goals at the World Cup. Do you want to pass on that one? Pass, yeah. Okay, I think it might get easier. Okay, this is for 20 quid for the Attitude Foundation. His first club was Independiente Santa Fe in Colombia. He then went on to play for Palmeiras oh, in Barcelona. Yeri, it's Mina, isn't it? It's Yeri Mina, oh. or as I call him, the, the gold, gold mine. The gold miner. <laughs> gold miner. Yeah, it's, it's, it couldn't have been the gold miner. I didn't pronounce yeah. it wrong. It says gold mine here. So, yes, it was. It was, Andy. Yeri Mina, the, the the big Everton. And he scored a goal against England, didn't he, of yeah, course? he played quite well on Sunday. Uh, Annoyingly. The, yes. The, so the final clue was a literal giant... The second of, time this week, Yeri Mina's frustrated me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not calling him the gold mine from there? No. We're going to get him in the studio one day. never, ever been... Just duck as you come in, gold mine. 
Um, a literal giant of the game. Any Evertonians listening? Do you shout? Is there a song for the gold mine? Do you call him the gold mine? Um, let us know. Uh, a literal giant of the game and key part of Everton's defence. He's gone viral for his uh, theatrics that saw a Chelsea player get booked at the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. ridiculous. But well done, Andy. Twenty quid for the Attitude Foundation. Uh, we'll well, do I should it. have done better, really. Well, no, it was hard. I mean, you wouldn't have you got it? Maybe from the three-headed goals at the World Cup, but you were probably thinking an English player. Goalkeeper to defender, that could have been anybody, and Connor Cody mm. was a good guess. Well, the gold mine, I think we'll draw a veil over that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you got it. You got really the first chance you had to get it right, you got it right. So I'm not blaming you for that. Oh, one. he's called Mina de Ora. If you'd said that, well, oh, I, well, I, I do apologise. I would have got that. With Brian Glanville in me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it probably would have given it away, wouldn't it? Possibly <laughs> then. I don't know. Well, you could have put it that way. Yeah, well, there you so go. there That's we are, 20 quid. Nickname. You're finding out more about him, well, aren't he's you? He's a chubby, shy child, apparently. <laughs> Chubby shy child. That's what it says here. Was he really? Uh, in small sugar growing town of Guashane, he dreamed of not scoring goals but of saving them. There you are. There, so that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Chubby shy child has grown into a, a little <laughs> giant of the game. Is, is our clue yeah. known as known as the gold mine? It doesn't say why he's called gold mine there. Oh, okay. Well. I don't. I don't know. Do we'll look into it. I think we can just. I think we can leave it safely now, can't we? I think we yeah, can just. Yeah. We can forget the whole thing ever existed. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say to you, Andy? I was going to say something, and it will come back. Oh yes, um, yeah. the, congratulations to Mo uh, Mo Salah winning the Footballer of the Year. Yeah, I, I, I voted. Did you Andy. vote? Tell you you I voted for. I vote, vote as yeah. a proud member. I tell you, what I voted for Sonny. No, I no, I didn't. No. I voted for Declan Rice. Did you? I did. I thought, um, I mean, you know, this Mo, Mo Salah completely deserving of the title. Mm. But I did because Mo Salah um, is a wonderful player in a wonderful team. Uh, Declan Rice is a wonderful player in a good team. Yeah. Isn't um, he? I think that's fair enough. Yeah. And I think that he shines and is world class and uh, is coveted by many sides around Europe uh, within a side that aren't. Uh, no, he's, gonna oh, be he's, top a, he's four. brilliant. I mean, I watched him live in yeah. Brentford, and I was struck by how yeah. good he is when you watch him live. I must no, have I agree. I've seen him a couple of times. Terrific player. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, but I, I did go for Sam Kerr, one of your own. Um, she won it for uh, in the women's. And oh, she's, good. Well done. She's sensational. But uh, anyway, yeah. well done to the two winners. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, on four or five occasions, Andy, I've taken mm. on Mo Farrell in what used to be called the Booper 10Ks, now the yeah. Vitality 10Ks, through the centre of London. He used to kick off at Buckingham Palace and run down the embankment and into the city. It's a lot of fun. It's a good fun run. Mm. I rarely troubled uh, the leaderboard, I think it's fair to say. I never got on the podium, mm. and Mo would generally, you know, win. Uh, when I was there. Um, but uh, things changed yesterday where Samo was uh, beaten and he's seriously contemplating whether he wants to continue. Uh, the man that beat him wasn't among the elite runners, although he is a, a, a very good runner. Uh, well, you'd expect that because he beat Mo Farah. Yeah. Uh, he's back at work today uh, in the running shop uh, that he uh, works in. Ellis Cross joins us. Good afternoon, Ellis. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks wow. for having me on. Well, con look, congratulations to win a race like this. Why were you not among the elite runners? How does that process work? Um, so there is there is an entry standard. I I did have the entry standard, but it wasn't within the like basically the time frame that they require. So I believe it had to be done inside the last two years, and I I hadn't done that. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, didn't get an entry, which would have been quite nice because it was a hotel on like the course pretty much, and mm. obviously name on your number as well. 
Yeah, of course. So you're a bit of a ringer, really, in the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, I mean, I ended up having to having to pay my £37 entry fee, which, I mean, it, it was obviously worthwhile investment by, by the looks of it. But, yeah, I I did have to pay my entry fee, as as everybody else in the race did. Yeah, I mean, for 37 quid, you've got a photo for life. I mean, really, <laughs> you crossing the line with Mo trailing behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, massively. I think it's definitely one that's going to go um, up in a frame and one that definitely tops uh, any sort of kind of accomplishment I've ever done mm-hmm. and something that I'll hold on to for the rest of my life, that's for sure. You, you run the British under-23 cross-country uh, team, so you are, you, look, you are a good seasoned runner, aren't you? You've not just sort of come off the streets after a, a kind of kebab <laughs> midnight the night before and gone for it. <laughs> no, You're not, not the happy Gilmore of, 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 of 10k running. Definitely not. Look, I, I am what you class as a club runner uh, mm. level athlete, but um, I have competed internationally. Yeah, I've represented Great Britain uh, on a numerous occasions, uh, mainly through age group uh, races. So, yeah, European under 23 uh, track champs and the European cross country championships in the under 23 category but uh, over the past few years it's been mainly uh, club races that I've been uh, doing to be honest with you so like I say it's, it's, it has been a massive step up this, this performance in particular and you coach I gather at a school where our tech ops son uh, working with Becky uh, goes to that school and says that you're one yes. of the coaches there Yes, yeah. So, um, I've, yeah, I have a couple of jobs, actually. So, um, yeah, I do coach athletics. It's uh, an a- extracurricular um, session, basically. We're running local primary schools, just mm. kind of helping those younger age groups develop uh, in terms of, like, just their, their agility, their movements, mainly focusing on sort of drills and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's, it's good fun, very good fun to help, you know, younger generation. You were quite confident going into this, weren't you, Alice? Because I, I saw that there was um, uh, one of your colleagues at uh, your uh, up and running the store where yeah. you were at Millie saying, you'd said to her, I'm racing on Monday and I quite fancy my chances. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely said as uh, as a bit of a joke. It was definitely not something that I had expected. Look, I was expecting to run well. Um, I, know, I know training's been going well, so I... I did think I was looking for a positive performance, but, you know, never in a million years did I think that it would quite come to this, you know. It's, it's been quite a surreal experience, as, as cliche as that is as well. Yeah. Did you speak to him, Mo, afterwards? Did he congratulate you? Yeah. magnanimous from what I've seen no. in the comments he's made after the race, yeah. Yeah, massively. Look, he, he's a hero to the sport, isn't he? He's an idol for a reason. He's such he's such a lovely bloke. Um, he did. He came over. He congratulated me on what was a good performance. We've both been at training camps recently. He's just came back from uh, Ethiopia on a training camp, and I've just come back from a place called Font Rameau in the French Pyrenees yeah, on an famous training yeah. camp. So, um, like, yeah, look, he, he, as always, humble as ever, and and it's the reason that I, I regard him as, you know, the greatest of all time. Really. So what, what difference will this make to you? Um, I mean, in terms of, I mean, you, you probably won't have to spend 37 yeah. quid on an entry fee anymore, but what, <laughs> what, 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 what difference do you think it may make? Well, look, I'm, I'm hoping that I, I do pick up some form of uh, kind of sponsorship um, from it uh, going forward. A little bit of support would, would be quite nice because at the moment I am an unsponsored athlete that has to kind of fund myself. Like I say, paying things like entry fees like I did and paying for like my, my training camps myself and my kit. Um, but look, going forward, I want I want to be going, uh, transitioning onto the road. I do think I've got 
a fair bit of potential when it comes to sort of half marathons and, and marathons in the future. So I'm hoping, you know, a, a brand or, or somebody can come forward and recognise recognize that. But yeah. we'll see. You'll Were be you a- wearing vapour flies by Chance. Oh yeah, they're, 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 um, yeah, or the equivalent I, of yeah. Well, this is it. I, I was wearing vapor flies that have actually got a few holes in. They, I've had them for two years, so they were pretty worn down. I don't feel like I felt the the, the most effects or the maximum effects, I should say, from from the shishu. But uh, look, I, I was absolutely delighted with the performance. I think that definitely went went to show. Yeah, and you're going to become a, a trivia question. I saw um, Oliver Brown in the uh, Telegraph comparing you with James Buster Douglas today, the man who beat <laughs> Mike Tyson, because there, you know, you do get these. It's like a sort of sporting yeah. giant killing, and your name will always be linked with some of the latter stages of Mo's career. You'll probably pop up on yeah. a league of their own at some point. I would imagine. Look, <laughs> massively, you know, it, it, it's, it's it's one of those. And obviously Mo Farry is an Arsenal fan and I'm a Birmingham City fan. So I was getting throwbacks to the Carling Cup oh, of course. Yeah. victory, <laughs> which I was which I was at as well, which was a bit of a giant killing in itself. So mm. uh, that was quite nice for sure. Oh, if Indenta's listening, he'll be pleased to know that it's Birmingham one Arsenal nil yeah, once yeah, again. Once again, he'll, he'll be pleased. He'll be pleased with that. <laughs> we don't score so often, so we'll take this one. Yeah. Well, it's a great story <laughs> and uh, well done. It's good to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, there we are. Ellis Cross there, runner from uh, Aldershot and Farnham and District Athletic Club works in Surbiton, just mm. around the corner from the producer. Producer, it's a great could, day for you that. can run to that shop in five minutes. That's although, good, yeah. Probably take him ten minutes, actually, <laughs> talking himself up. But well done to Ellis. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Top it's a great day, a great day for that area of Hampshire. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed it is. Um, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Um, Ralph Ranick is combining the dual roles of uh, Manchester United consultant and the manager of Austria, something of an afterthought. We've been telling us what you do to uh, in that dual role. I run a small accounting business out of my house, says Jeremy, which frees me up to do uh, more work as the manager of Austria. <laughs> Um, well, where's this one? Yeah, I'm a I'm Simon. I'm a professional drummer, uh, and come t- 2024, I'll be leading Austria to European glory. Uh, and I'm Dave from the dry cleaning shop in Chorley, and the manager of Austria, of course, from shirt pressing to gagan pressing seamlessly. He says. Very good. And Sam's backing you. He says I've been an Evertonian for 30 years. I've never heard Yerry Mina de- uh, referred to as the gold mine. <laughs> so there we are. Well no done. one's calling him that at Goodison at the moment. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, as we said, Andy Hamilton is with us, a writer, co-writer of Outnumbered, a comedian, a regular uh, face, of course, on uh, Have I Got News For You? We saw him on there in the most recent series. Good afternoon, Andy. Good to see you. Good afternoon. Yeah. Lovely to be here. Uh, you Don't are. Kate and Koji. Kate, yes. Like yeah, Kate and Koji, your sitcom. It's, it's, it's mid-run at the moment, is it? It's still going? No, or? I think it's, I, I think it it's finished, yes. Yes, okay. I'm, no. In fact, I know it has. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the checks have stopped coming in. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, you are back on the road. An evening out with the emphasis on the out with yeah. Andy Hamilton. That's right. I'm uh, um, I'm doing a, a, a one-man show. I, take, I, I mean, I did one in the autumn to audiences who were in various um, states of maskhood. Yes. You know, there were some who were fully masked, some semi-masked, some not masked at all. Uh, and that was really enjoyable. But I am seriously looking forward to playing a house where everyone... 
uh, is free just to sit there um, and they don't have to socially distance or any of that stuff. That's yeah. going to be great. The um, where I went to a sort of a comedy theatre thing a little while ago, well, in that period when it was all masks, mm. and it must be hard if you're trying to do comedy. I mean, look, you know, you can hear the laughter, albeit slightly muffled, yeah. probably, mm. but it's not the same as kind of seeing people laugh. You know, it must be no. Must be a you're right. Um, no, there was a difference, and and on the few occasions when like the audience had taken the directive to be masked really seriously. Mm. Uh, it was a, a little bit different, yeah. I mean, in terms of volume, you, you you'd get roughly the same effect, but it was being able to see the smiling faces and uh, yeah, you know, you could ask them to wave their hands around and stuff. But it was, <laughs> you know, that's not very English. I often think if you're a comic who works the crowd a lot, and you're yeah. from, where are you from, mate? And you do a line about me, and you're, yeah, is that your girlfriend? And you know, you you, you can often read in their face whether I, it must be difficult if you can't see their face. Yeah, you don't know if they're up for it or not. No. Yeah, I I rein back on that stuff. Mm. I mean, I don't. I, I don't do a massive amount of talking, but I do talk to them. Yeah. And uh, but I just thought, apart from anything else. It, it it was just hard to hear them, but um, but there were some audiences where it wasn't a problem because no one was wearing a mask, so no. you just, <laughs> you just so what, kind of rolled with it. What's in the show? How does how's the show structured? Well, the sh- um, the second half of the show, when I go off at the interval, I leave a bucket at the front of the stage, oh, and they write questions out and they put them in the bucket. I'm glad you said that. I thought it was for some <laughs> yeah, other reason. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Cuts at the theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case I get nervous. Yeah. Um, so. So the second half is always uh, huge fun because I have no idea what they will ask me. Uh, the first half is, you know, more planned. And I have to, if I'm totally honest, I haven't completely worked out sort of what the themes of it are going to be this time. Mm. Um, I think I might sort of stray into the whole area of um, why everyone is falling out with each other and, um, you know, how we all have to pick sides at the moment, mm. something like that. But, um, you know, it's work in progress, but it'll be ready for Nottingham. I think it is on the 8th of June. Are there sort of pens and bits of paper around for people to write on or, or, or do you occasionally get odd things in the bucket, like an old sort of uh, old, chocolate uh, No, wrapper? no, I mean, they write on the back of chocolate wrappers, uh, <laughs> supermarket receipts, <laughs> toilet roll, um, no, you get all sorts, yeah. And do you pick them out like a sort of FA Cup drawer or do you look at them first? No, I, I pick them at random and I read them out in real time. You oh, know, because wow. actually you can get some that great comic effects from just your horror as yeah. you start to read something <laughs> out, you know. Um, yeah, it, it works really well, actually. Mm. It's um, And occasionally you get, you get a question that is unanswerable, both uh, sort of comically and uh, yeah. narratively. In which case, you just make a joke of how stupid the question is, um, or whatever. But do you ask uh, the person to sort of stand up, or, or they don't? You know, do I, I tend not to. No. Um, very occasionally, I have asked someone to identify themselves. Yeah. You know, if I think there's joy to be had there, but uh, I don't really know. Mm. And the first half is kind of a sort of career chat and talking about your life and your work. Uh, it's a mixture of jokes and stories mm. and and observations. Yeah, I mean, obviously the priority is to be funny and enjoyable. Um, but you know, I like to like to sort of talk about stuff that they might want to argue with each other about in the car on the way home. Yeah. You know? Was your routine as a as a writer? Because I mean, you performed a lot of the stuff you've written over the years. So was that was that your? Yeah, career? I mean, that's you know, in the days when you had your occupation on your passport, that's mm. what it said, writer, and and that is 
fundamentally my job. Yeah. Um, and I used to do the odd bit of performing. And then as the years went by, I, I sort of did a bit more performing, uh, partly because it, it's such a, a lovely antidote to writing. You know, writing um, is, you know, you're grafting away. Um, whereas, you know, it, it is nice to get up and show off occasionally mm. and just, and to meet the people, you know, so something like Outnumber goes out, you know, there are fans out there because you can see it in the viewing figures, but you don't, you don't get a chance to actually interact with them, which is what I do on stage. So yeah. that's nice. I'd like to know what's happened to the kids in Outnumber. Do you get asked that? Are they, are they parents <laughs> I haven't seen them for ages, but I mean, they, they are, they're, not, are they they're not kids anymore. No. No, because that's what happens. Yeah. Do you not have reunions? Not really, not yet. I kind of feel the kids are getting on with their lives. You know, I mean, <laughs> on shows with cast like Drop the Dead Donkey, yeah. we have reunions. We have a couple a year, but everyone's much older, you know, whereas they're in the full swing of their young lives, you know. Yeah. they. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it was funny. when When the kids were little, I remember... People often used to say in interviews and stuff, "What are you going to do when they grow? You know, when they grow grow older?" As if we could do anything about that. You know, <laughs> as if we could put chemicals in their food yeah. and try and stop them growing. You know, it's great for them, really. I got this kind of record of, I mean, not of their real childhood, but effectively this incredible sort of body of work that they. And you watch them grow up for all these series of the show. Well, when the series ended, there were a couple of really nice pieces in the newspapers, effectively saying, you know, I. Because people with kids that were same ages at that time, mm. whose kids mirrored the development, sure. I think really did sort of connect with it um, emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. Oh. And you are a Chelsea fan? Yes. It's been a bit of a strange season, to say the least. Yes. <laughs> I, I always thought something like this would happen. Mm. <laughs> because I remember the day that Ken Bates sold the club and I thought, hurrah, Ken Bates has gone. Mm. And then I read in the Evening Standard that he'd sold it to a man of extraordinary wealth, but no one knew where the wealth had came from. Mm. And I do remember thinking, this might not end well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 you've it's, got you've quite the ride, though, haven't you, in the meantime? Exactly. I, that's why I think it's not fitting for Chelsea fans to moan too much because, you know, we just got to suck it up. We, we, we did benefit from... Uh, for sure. Yeah. An extraordinary advantage, you know. Yeah. We're going to be talking in a minute about a story that Andy mentioned earlier, a little bit of a breaking story about maybe a complication in the deal because the feeling was it was getting ever closer. Have you have you got a favourite potential new Chelsea owner? <laughs> no, they, they, it all makes me nervous, to mm. be honest. Partly because, um, you know, I've not got a lot of confidence in the due diligence test. That What is it? Fit and proper person. Yeah. I think they get yeah. it. And yeah. the government have to approve it and that's also... Going to be difficult as well, I think. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I wonder if they'll be doing the half and half scarves with a different consortium. They're <laughs> selling them outside yeah. the ground. I mean, if it's an American-dominated bid, mm. I would imagine Abramovich might be under pressure from Putin not to sell to Americans. I mean, wow. so how much control? This is the thing we're going to be mm. talking about. This to Matt Lawton. How much control does he have over the process if he's been able to put a bit of a spanner in the works this late on? Mm. You wonder. I think he has to approve it, from what I gather. Yeah, I think that was always the case that he had to approve it, didn't it? But, um, I mean, he's not supposed to. But you think they'd ask him quite early on in the process whether he had any major objections. I mean, wouldn't it get to the day they're going to sign it and say, no, I don't like him? Yeah, well, I did see see a a story a few weeks back about how there might be reluctance to sell to an American-owned 
can sort him, so I don't know. Not another oligarch. That seems unlikely, doesn't hey? it? I would think that would... That would another that oligarch. That seems yeah. unlikely, really. Well, might go to Sir Jim. Yeah, well, Sir Jim's come out of the... Uh, He's got the money. Work, hasn't he? Yeah, Sir Jim Ratcliffe. But after the deadline. Well, apparently, yes. Yeah, so maybe isn't there isn't that, a deadline anymore. Isn't that slightly know. cheating? Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. just a step. Up. Well, maybe he's heard there were some complications. Maybe it's, who knows? It's a mad there's business. a definite book in the whole thing, the background to the I whole. Think, thing. Yeah, there will be. It's when it finally uh, does happen. So, Andy, you're out on the road the eighth of June in Nottingham. Yes, that's what kicks you off, and then you're Leeds, Salford, Maidstone, Portsmouth, Colchester, Bury St Edmunds, and Bromley. Yeah. And do you is is the bucket in your rider? Does the venue have to supply the bucket, or do you take the bucket I, on the road? I I I. I have taken a little plastic bucket on the road with me. Right. Um, but I don't know whether I'll do that or whether I'll just find a bucket. Most <laughs> theatres have, have a bucket. Do they always have a bucket? I think they Pretty do. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, it's... It's, it's usually got sand in it, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> still? Yes. It's still like, okay, yeah. someone takes it's a huge, firework into the theatre. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's true. It was the idea that, I mean, look at these old theatres, you know, yeah. they've got up like a cheap sofa. I mean, sadly, one of them did a little while ago. I mean, they are... You know, oh, the, I've, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember playing um, Theatre Royal in Portsmouth, and uh, I came in through the main entrance. Beautiful theatre, beautiful old uh, Matcham Theatre, and uh, and they said, "Do you want to go through your dressing room?" And I and I walked through the back of the stage, and it was porter cabins wow. because it was like time travel. You know, it was like stepping from the nineteenth century. Into it because they'd lost the back of the theatre to a fire. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, you know, there's there's two prevention aids. You go, and we're never going to get fire here. Why? A, we got a bucket with some sand in it. Yeah. Although the sand was emptied a little while ago by Andy Hammond when he rocked up here. <laughs> and B, got a massive curtain which just says fire curtain. Oh, yeah. That'll be fine. That'll, That'll be fine. Isn't the it? earliest, <laughs> I think, the earliest one was made of glass. The really. Earliest safety curtain. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think it. I have the feeling it was in the 18th century and it was. Because they they'd had a few fires where if it started backstage and then got into the theatre, obviously that would be a massive conflagration. So I think you're going to put people off coming. No, no, yeah, yeah. I've had the odds against the odds against me having another fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't start the show with your Vesuvius. Oh, so you great! Where you, yeah, can, yeah. where you go on covered yeah, in fireworks. Yeah, well, I like my hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Okay, go and check out an evening with uh, an evening out with Andy Hamilton, as we said. Uh, where can we? TinCatEntertainment.co.uk yeah. is one of the places you can go. They can find you. I'll take it on on sure. Google, I must yeah. be available on those yeah. other search engines. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Andy, you'll be back Thursday and Friday this yeah, week. Yeah, I am. You? Yeah, I've done the birthday spread. It's nice really. one. Good. You're happy with it? Is Very it happy. half a minute? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Charlie Baker <laughs> will be with me tomorrow. I do hope you can join us. If not, the podcast will be available at four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.